Well, without further ado, hello and welcome to Movie Sack, that super popular weekly podcast where sometimes we talk about the movies that we watch. Kind I, of become the new. I feel like life. tonight will be on on point. <clears throat> Too on point. We shall see, good sir. We shall see. This is our first movie in the new category of movies that made us cry. Yes. All right. Brian chose this first one. Anyways, I'm your host, Chris, and I'm here with Brian. Dad's dead. 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 The irony that's coming from you. And Adam. Look, they use canola oil, okay? You know what canola oil is? They probably don't even sell it at Lamson's Grocery. It's cutting edge. It creates a crispier French fry. And it's a more unique product. And Burger Barn? Forget Wendy's. Forget Burger King. Forget McDonald's. That is like old hat. Burger Barn is cutting edge. Why didn't you deliver that in your John C. Riley voice? I I I totally oh. forgot. <laughs> Damn it. Do it. Do it again. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Just like and I'm Eric. Down. Thanks, kids. You're always so helpful. <laughs> And without <laughs> without further ado, Brian, this was your choice. What did you choose? Let's get, let's get this started. I chose What's Eating Gilbert Grape with Johnny Depp and Leonardo DiCaprio and Mary Steenburgen and that guy who is in a lot of other movies. He was the one who died face down in the pool. Oh, yes. Uh, and yeah. Juliet Lewis when she was at her Juliet Lewis's <laughs> that's kind of true that's an interesting statement but i get it quirky all right so uh, one thing that's just occurring to me now is this then each of these movies that we choose in this particular category we must have seen them before i guess because it's no. already made us cry right well i suppose if you're taking it that way that's a good point but if you there's a movie that you're like that's gotta probably make me cry but oh, okay, yeah, okay. i mean i for me i went with something i already knew that would make me cry because yeah. Okay. So that was my question. I wanted to like... see if the, the, you know, the test is, did you cry? Gotcha. So you have seen this and cried before then? I have seen it and cried before. I did not cry gotcha. this time. And probably because I was watching it around like my kids and stuff. And it, it was distracting. You gotta be a man and... around your kids, right? I can't cry. <laughs> my children let them know I'm a pussy. Um... All right. So get us started. What's the first act? Uh, get us started. What's, what, what's going on? So it starts with a, a voiceover from Johnny Depp explaining who everybody is. Um, Johnny Depp has two sisters, a brother who uh, is has mental illness. He is neurodivergent. Is that it? I wouldn't even go that He has far. an intellectual disability. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, and then uh, they had, I, 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 you know, watching this this time, I paid attention more and he mentions an older brother. And I, I assumed yeah. the older brother was going to show up, but never does. And then a father who um, died. So uh, does that and... make Gilbert the middle child? I think that was. The... I think so. It was an older brother. Yes. I think yeah, he's the so... next oldest. Because the, he has a sister. That's the older, older sister is older than him. He does say yeah, that. He has, he has an, an older sister. sister. Oh, she is? Yeah. So, so that's when I think the would be the cake. middle then. And it also must yeah. mean that the dad died when the mom was pregnant with the youngest because he died 17 years ago. And in the movie, the youngest daughter is 16. Okay. Um, wow, but I it's, it's basically just this. watching their life take place in a small town with not a lot of people in it and, and what goes on. And they start the movie by saying, you know, 
Arnie, who was played by Leonardo DiCaprio, um, he is turning, they're planning for his 18th birthday. He's 17, obviously. And the doctor said he wasn't supposed to live that long. So you're already sort of teed up like, oh, is he going to die? And I never really gun. caught that before. Like, oh, they're teeing it up like he's going to be the one who who dies and makes you sad. But that is not the case. Uh, so you you basically just watch. You're watching a, a couple of months in their life. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's kind of a nice reprieve because this is like From a, what? screwball well, comedy. Screw, yeah, we have a plot. We have a story. But also, like, this is a nice little snippet in time. Like, just it's True. just a a linear story. There's a boobs didn't get in the way in this movie. (laughs) No. Uh, Oh, and they have a mother who is who's very overweight. She would, you know, uh, nowadays they'd make a TV show about her and showing her struggles. But um, she was obese. She was quite obese. obese. And fun fact is she lost two hundred and forty nine pounds in twenty twelve. Like she was actually up. Like <laughs> that was such pounds. a fun fact. <laughs> I saw. I, I looked that up, and I was like reading <laughs> some stats on her and uh, <clears throat> Darlene Cates, and I was like, "Wow!" Like she went from five hundred like forty seven down to like three hundred and thirty something in like twenty twelve. Like she just that's like, amazing. Get her shit, yeah, get her shit together, and, that, and I'm it's, sure it's one of those movies that was probably on on like a Saturday afternoon when I was a teenager. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah. Middle of the was... Afternoon to sort of like. And so I've always caught bits and pieces. And I think one day in my 20s, I was like, let me watch this and see what is up with it. And then I watched. it. I was like, oh, God, Ugh, I'm crying. I'm crying. Um, but I also like I really enjoy Johnny Depp because I miss just regular using his regular yes. voice. Johnny Depp, who isn't talking in some weird tone, isn't being a pirate is just that earlier Johnny Depp who was using his normal voice and he's just sort of the regular, oh my gosh! Hello! Surprise Yeah, guest. hello! I know, I'm, I have headphones on, so Laura doesn't know what you're here saying. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> hello! <laughs> Why has he got a camel behind him? You don't speak him? into the, he- the headphones. You speak Why has he got a camel behind him? Uh, because the camel spits and doesn't swallow. Hello. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is there's Johnny Depp. He, he's setting up this poor life that he lives. Both yeah, literally and figurative. You know, his, the title makes sense. His, What's eating Gilbert Grape is like every, well, everything. He has to be the guy who's caretaking everybody. That's although funny. his sisters are good caretakers as well. But he's the everybody guy. Everybody does seem annoyed. to chip in. Sure. And there's that scene with Juliette Lewis when she's like, well, what do you want? He names what he wants for everybody else in his family. Right. So it's like watching Shameless, but instead of having a drunk William, no, it's not stumbling around. They just kill that character in the very beginning. And it takes place in Iowa. Uh, But it's a family. It's a a strange collective family that all works really well together to take care of their morbidly obese mother, their mentally handicapped brother, uh, the this. 20-year-old ramshackle home that their father built from scratch. They keep it held together. And he seems to be the only one with the out-of-home jobs, right? Or jobs. So he's financially. So it's like... He works at a grocery store, so I wouldn't say he's financially stable, but... Exactly. His life sucks. 
that's what doesn't we're suck. He's got a place to he live. He doesn't seem yeah, he doesn't seem to mind it. I'll give him that much. So yeah, they don't they don't go they don't like emphasize how awful things are for Gilbert. What they like, they're these repeating motifs of like being underwater and mama's weight and driving around in the truck on these long roads that like emphasize this idea that Gilbert like is struggling to move, right? He's, he's stuck. He's stuck in place and he can't, I guess, exert his will. All this is that analysis I was missing during police Academy is respond. (laughs) And this, this coincides with a through line that they, they put in there is that he seems to be very, altruistic or uh he he puts everyone else's interests before his own whether it's out of guilt not understanding what it is that he wants this is one of the themes but all right i think the elephant in the room at least when i was watching this this time is the because of the age we are in more of the way this was made today would a young actor in leonardo dicaprio's take on this role or would it be somebody who is afflicted in some way i had that thought that that's funny it's like when did, i wonder if leo's ever thought oh shit when are they going to come after me for this one well it reminds uh, me of like dustin hoffman and rain man because now i watch rain man and i'm like eh. but, but honestly I, I, this performance i was still like he's really good he's really no, good he did a fantastic job and i would argue that <clears throat> If for no other reason, do you think that someone at that level of his disability would be capable of, I don't know, memorizing the lines, no. doing yes. whatever the scene is required? No, totally. And if I, I think Conflicted the line is going to end up between being the Weiss brothers. Well, I mean, if they can handle it, then sure. I'm, I'm sure moving forward with everything. Is so moving, contemporary try, but... with contemporary with what's eating Gilbert Grape, there was a. a serial drama on tv life goes on yeah starred chris quirky 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 that's right quirky 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 as the uh um uh, a a boy growing up in a family that the the drama centered on who had down syndrome i love that girl he was an actor right he was he was a professional actor he he had acting chops and you know could could memorize his lines and deliver them and uh but that was that was because i don't think his intellectual disabilities are as severe as the character that leonardo dicaprio was portraying what did you guys well first of all i guess have have any of you guys seen this before no this was my first viewing yeah i've seen this do so you have Adam? I mean, I yeah. kind of knew what it was about, but I, 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 I knew very little about the movie other than oblique references to Leonardo DiCaprio's character through Tropic Thunder. <laughs> but, well, can we uh, <clears throat> pause on Eric because we're gonna you're gonna be our cornerstone here, Adam? You have seen this before, yes, Eric. You do the heavy lifting. When was the last exactly? <laughs> when was the last time you've seen this? Uh, it would have to be like in the late aughts. So you were. So I was probably fuck, I don't know, 25, 30, yeah, 21. Did you cry? Twenty. No, I didn't cry. I was more just kind of like 
exhausted watching this movie. I gotcha. Yes. Like emotionally exhausted. It's like exhausting. Because, and for the audience out there, like uh, Eric and I have a Down syndrome brother. And this movie weighs so much on just that aspect of alone mm. of being raised with a Downs brother. Like Eric got to see Nathan be born, take him under his wing. I was born into it. So Nathan is uh, the middle child of us and the dynamic between seeing it and adapting to it and then just always having it be there, uh, having uh, Ethan always there, it's it's different, I can imagine. And I know Eric and I have like had many conversations on this. Well, yeah. So do you have a specific recollection of how it made you feel the first time you saw it? versus this time seems like there's been enough time between the the two viewings assuming it's just been those two like is is there a difference I, and that's it's funny because like i i watch this and like i appreciate it i appreciate that mentally challenged people are being portrayed and i know Leonardo DiCaprio is playing a role that uh i'm sure some jokes will come into a uh, light with uh robert downey jr quotes in line with but um it's it's something that it's part of society. There's a lot of Downs people that have roles in society that need to be incorporated. They're not just uh, incapable people. They're just less capable. And there's a certain amount of guidance that needs to come, come with them. And that guidance can be exhausting. And we, Eric and I also grew up in a town with a specific school for mentally challenged women that were taken care of. So it wasn't even, we weren't even unique in this scenario. Like any other town, yeah, you got the slow person that's a little bit weird, that's a little bit quirky, that can't really get diagnosed, but we were like, the, the yeah, Brian Hatch, 20 sure. or 30. <laughs> yeah, we were like 20, 50 strong of yeah. challenged people in our uh, community. Is that why your parents lived there? Or was that just like... That was coincidence. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because well, Nate wasn't born until you all yeah. moved to Troy, right? Yeah. Mom and dad moved to Troy in 78, a month before I was born. So I okay. did. I did not pick this movie uh, with anything other than mine when when the when the mother dies like that's why i picked it because movies that make you cry that is why i picked it i was not thinking about anything else but when wow. adam hopped on before you both earlier before chris <laughs> and eric he was like i think eric and i are gonna have a lot to say and i was like i didn't even think about that and now <laughs> I, I feel just, kind of dumb as well because it never occurred to me until when i hopped on Adam brought it up. I'm like, oh, that's right. <laughs> we're uh, we're a double. But to be honest, I didn't. I, I think I didn't really equate the two because your brother has Downs and Leo is something else entirely, or just you know, and yeah. genetic. Yeah. But I do recognize that the level of incapacity is yes pretty close to being the same, yeah. right? Okay. <clears throat> now we should point out that both Eric and Adam are sporting johnny depp haircuts from this movie so i don't know if it's a caregiver thing or what no 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 they, they these gentlemen look much better 
I don't. I you yeah, know his what? hair I, was red for some reason. Reddish, mm-hmm. and he there'd be moments where he'd be walking away from the camera, and you'd catch him from the back. And I felt like the his it was different. It was uneven, or strangely. I don't know if it would be feathered or layered. Layered seems to be more. It was I, weird. It seemed I, I weird. I had the impression that his haircut was given to him by his sister. Yes, that was my impression as well. But that makes- there was a lot of this movie that I personally felt was a bit sloppy. And this is a minor example, but one that fits that category in that I had that same thought. Like, okay, so I think they are trying overly hard to emphasize that, yes, one of his sisters or like his family cut his hair for him. But I mean, I grew up in a small town. My mom cut my hair growing up frequently. My wife cuts my boy's hairs. My wife will still cut my hair. Like, it's just they tried too hard. That was was just eh. okay. Maybe. Maybe. Anyway, so now that Brian's back, uh, I peed in the sink. That's great. The that's, that's, so like that's a do it. quirk to your house, right? That's a bonus. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Bonus I'm in the basement. There's oh, a laundry yeah, sink. I, I pee in that because it goes right down into the sewer. Great. I have peed in every drain in my house. That's that's impressive. <laughs> the garbage wow. is full. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> that's like you gotta go up high for those kitchen sinks sometimes. No, just on tippy toes. He just flops it over. I was gonna say, no, I just have a huge dick. <laughs> All right, now that we've broken a little bit of that Gilbert <laughs> Grape tension. Um, yeah, back to the tension. <laughs> so what about now, Adam? Like, aside from the the Leo playing his thing, like, it's been a while since you've seen this movie. You don't live with your brother or your parents anymore. But this, what did watching this movie do to you today? It hit even harder, I'd say, mm-hmm. because now I have all of those collected experiences and knowing being an adult that I am today doing my daily thing. Like I don't have kids. I don't have many responsibilities outside of just maintaining a standard household with my wife. Um, Just thinking of adding even uh, children into that mix is like, this is a lot. And it's like, I I've got my life going the way it is going now. And it's been pretty good. And then now to think that I have a brother that's living at home with my aging parents that I don't know what the heck I'm going to do when my parents pass. And it terrifies because that's just a whole nother aspect of life that I have been a little bit blissfully ignorant to because I've kind of taken for granted that mom and dad are going to be there. And that's extremely ignorant because <laughs> in the same vein, um, Nate has so many issues on top of that. He's, not only is he down, he has <laughs> diabetes and he has seizures and he has, he, he's just, uh, if he took a lotto ticket when he was born, uh, we would be in a lot better space. <laughs> than <laughs> he got, he got the worst lotto ticket possible. So um, it's a lot to consider. And I think what really, what, I, what really eats at me is the fact that caregivers get to go home at the end of the day. Like there are people that have a career taking care of special needs people that at least 12 hours out of the day, they get to go home, have a smoke, play video games, do whatever they want to do. 
do it on the weekends. Uh, my parents don't get that. They're constantly, and they've made it, I'd say, more difficult for them for having constant monitoring for his diabetes. So I uh, I admire the fact that people want to pursue this profession, but I think it's a lot to just like, yeah, that's great. You want to do this, but when it's 24-7, when is the break? And there's so much to this movie that just really hit me a lot harder yeah. than I thought it would today. So yeah, I uh I cried a bunch in this movie. So thanks, Brian. <laughs> you you hit the nail on that's the head. what it's for, my friend. That's what it's for. Yeah. Let me <clears throat> take a quick moment since we've already gotten to serious town here. And in case Adam but I guess you as well, Eric, if no one has ever expressed this to you out loud, let me express it to you now. You should never have to feel guilty or guilt tripped into taking responsibility for your brother when the time comes. If that, that you know what, that that's it's going to be a huge burden regardless. Um, but don't feel like you have to be the one to do it because you have the house without the kids or whatever. Their answers will have to be had, of course, but yeah, don't ever feel like you need to take on a responsibility that you can't handle and don't feel guilty about that. If you want to keep your own mental health and whatnot. Anyways, uh, I, I second that. Thank you. Like, I'm glad you agree, actually. I agree. <laughs> but I also mean that for you, and Eric. I understand that you have kids, like, but it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. And if I could lighten I, the mood for a minute. Eric and Adam both moved very far away from where their parents live. Yes, we did. <laughs> very far away. Coincidence. <clears throat> well, we both lived in Oregon for a long time. Like, let's get out of here. You went to the opposite side of the country. So let me give my quick two cents here before we go to Eric. Um, gosh, I feel like, Adam, you took this to serious town, and I don't want to... I don't want to shit on what you have I'll to say like, I, how to follow you, but like, yeah. We got I have plenty of downs jokes. Don't worry. <laughs> no, it's not even that. Um, so I've never seen it before, but I will say it has been a part of the zeitgeist for so long that I have, I've been aware for a long time that Leo's special needs, that there's the fat mom that dies. And but that's about it. I guess like I, I knew that much. Um <clears throat> But it's always been on my radar. I've always kind of wanted to see it. I've always been curious about it because, you know, it, everyone's talked about it. It's it's gotten good reviews and everybody loves it. I didn't realize it was actually a crier. So I was curious. But the moment the movie started, or I think it was certainly within six minutes, um, I was quickly disavowed of my curiosity of watching this movie. And I watched it and I was mostly bored. Um, it's not I, talking. well, no, it's not the talking necessarily, but the talking was clunky. I yeah. felt like the dialogue was pretty bad. Uh, I felt reactions to other characters specifically with the dialogue was, was poor. Um, some like personality quirks and like, it was just, there was so much to distract me from the fact that, well, from the movie itself. And part of it was, I, I just, these were not people that I could care about. This was not a place that I could care about. I feel like the entire cast had one motivation, period. What was that motivation? 
I'm, I'm actually curious what, what you guys would think. I 100% empathize with every character in this movie because I see them. I, but it's we like go to the, we go to our county fair and it's like mama's left and right. Yep. We have a town of disabled people. We have. Well, it, like the. The younger yeah. si- the the youngest sister, for instance, she she runs into a situation where Gilbert keeps ru- Gilbert Arnie keeps running up the Leonardo DiCaprio character keeps trying to run up the water tower, yeah. and he's not supposed to do that, and she's trying to stop him from doing that, and 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 Gilbert Johnny Depp's character is always like, don't hurt him, let him do it, and she drags him, and she ends up making him bleed on his wrist, and she hurts him. Which leads to later on when Johnny Depp smacks the shit out of him. Yeah. So my point so is the younger sister is the younger sister of this care of Leonardo DiCaprio's character. And so she's yeah. just like, I want some attention too. I'm sick of this shit. I'm sick of him doing this. I'm just gonna grab him and tell him no. And Johnny Depp is like, You can't do that. Yeah. Well, that adds I think she layer. was actually right, because that's a that's a super safety issue. The point he's not supposed to climb yeah. the damn tower that is alone. because he's up there hanging from it. The oh, you know what? Here's the thing. The only emotion that I received during this movie is when he was on that goddamn water tower with his arms and legs hanging off. That gave me the chills because that would terrify me. Well, I'd imagine <laughs> not seeing this and me saying it's a crier that you're thinking that this kid's gonna die at some point. Kind of, yeah, but I mean, <sighs> of course, I, don't I know. mean that's I, the tension that's meant to be put into yeah. this movie. Like there are so many things going on in Gilbert's world. That yeah, maybe, there's a lot. Maybe a uh, lot. Arnie falling from the wall water tower is the least of those worries when you really put it in the perspective of everything that's going on in his life. I contend that everybody in this movie only had the motivation of trying to get it through each individual day. Nobody grew in this movie. They're Nobody awesome. improved. Nobody got what they desired. What ended up happening was a fluke chance of good slash bad luck their mom dying just made them all realize oh now that we don't have to take care of her we can go do something else now well and, and isn't the whole movie you're taking care of arnie but really they're taking care of mama no it's it's taking care of mama because it seemed that johnny depp and leo they you know his brothers they had this pretty you know good little, little relationship he seemed to be the one that was mostly relegated to taking care of arnie and he seemed to do a pretty good job. And so when the one sister goes off to get a job and the other system, I don't know, whatever the, the narration at the end was, you know, it just seemed normal and okay that Leo would go with Gilbert, Arnie would go with Gilbert um, on their little adventure with Julia Lewis. But it, it was it was a story about a bunch of people stuck in a less than great situation and they spend a couple weeks, couple months, whatever the timeline of the movie is just living a day-to-day life, but with no hopes, dreams, aspirations, or the means or whatever it takes to do anything about it. They just get lucky at the end. But that's probably true of a lot of people in small towns. They don't have the means to get out of that situation. Then why do I want to watch that movie about someone in a small town that doesn't have the means to leave their small town, and then they don't leave their small town? I mean, like... So, I mean, luck is more about preparedness, right? When she dies... They can take advantage of the situation for the best. Mm -hmm. And because none of them were prepared or capable of doing it in any other way, of which there was a million, 
before she died. You know, my first thought was when they're trying to like sneak around the mother to add lumber to yes. the floorboards yeah. underneath mm-hmm. of where she always sat on that couch because she was so large, it was literally breaking they're the foundation, protecting her. Yeah, yeah. enable. Yeah, that was that was. But like, <laughs> what, it's so so dysfunctional and and enabling. How is no one ever like? How can you not be? I don't know. Maybe I'm just a prick. No, in, in no general. No. Like I think, but like, I how can no one have ever just been like, "Mom, sorry," but you know, you're you're large. We need to do this, or you're gonna fall through the fucking floor. Like she says, <laughs> "Come on, oh, kids. Oh, kids, you're always so helpful." Right after uh, Gilbert lights her cigarette, right after her daughters move the dinner table to where she is on the couch, like they they are bending over backwards to care for her out of obligation. But they also yeah. felt bad for her because she even says, like, she didn't but, used no, to this, be this, this way. This is not obligation. This is an unhealthy uh, codependent relationship. What's the they, yes, but no, I but mean, like, if you are you going to dependency, <laughs> this isn't like, where, where's the end? From are you within just, codependency, I think you view it as obligation. See, no they, one's helping here. If you want to help your family member, Brian. You get them healthy. You but do how do you help enable. someone that's you're in freaking Iowa? Listen, that's Joe Rogan, not everybody can Iowa. lose weight. <laughs> no, no, no. But that's my point. That's why it's a codependency, is they are all they all have their own issues. And one of them is that they've created this this familial unit where they have their assigned tasks. She's the queen bee, immovable, in the middle of the hive, and they're all little worker bees spending every waking moment of their lives buzzing and skidding around attending to her needs not really arnie's i would argue even though he's obviously he's that worker bee that's you know he's only got like two legs and they're in the worst positions to make him like really that mobile so all the other worker bees got to help him out too stop eating the honey (laughs) (laughs) what are they supposed to do abandon their mother well, I know what they were not. Doing, I'm not. Uh, I hear Brian. I'm not here to answer the questions. That's the thing. I'm not a therapist, but that's my point. Is it's a movie about a people that are all codependent on one another, and nobody grows. The only reason the situation changes is because fate intervenes. Yeah, and mm-hmm. is like the Deus Ex Machina here is well, mom dies. That doesn't. I don't know if that. Well, in that that Juliet Lewis and her uh, it, it, aunt or okay. grandma. Yes. Or... So that gave that gave Johnny Depp a place to go. Which did answer a, a poignant question that he brought up at one point, which was, I don't, I don't know if he said I don't have anywhere to go or I don't have anybody or I don't have anything. But even that, it was John. Would Johnny Depp have Depp taken Arnie with Juliet Lewis at the end had the mom not died? No, no. There you go. Absolutely. Then life would have moved on as always. Yeah. But it's also possible that after mom died, they could have all just stayed in the house together. But that would have ruined the beautiful ending of them. Right, right. Burning the house down because they didn't want their mother because she had gone out in public before and everyone stared and laughed and whispered. Oh, don't get me wrong. They didn't want to deal with that. So they burned the house down, which is part of the reason why I cried, you know, one of the few times I've seen this movie. I think in general, the children make good decisions. They have somehow managed to raise themselves. Um, You know, they were talking about uh fuck i don't remember but like 
they all seem to be doing pretty well. They all seem to be pretty well adjusted. They didn't like the idea of being laughed at, but I don't know. Like they all seemed pretty content despite that, you know, everything was codependent and whatnot. So I'm not, I'm not at all criticizing them for the decision-making process, but I'm just, I've made my piece. Eric, this was your first time, right? Yeah. This was my first time. How was it? How was Um, your first time, Eric? I also cried a lot. I I loved your text. Did you cry during your your first time? Uh, The text that I sent was, I just finished Gilbert Grape. And then it was the the profusely weeping emoji, the one with tears streaming down its face. I was like, I chose the right movie. That's all I thought. Yeah, did. Especially (laughs) Uh, after Police Academy that you did not like. Let's the, turn the that scene. frown really frown. Oh, yeah. That's what this is going to turn into. Every now and then we'll do an ABCs of horror where we all try and scare. Well, Brian and I try and scare Adam and Eric. The rest of it will be Brian tries to choose movies that Eric likes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Or, or is it more, more accurate? Like Brian tries, tries to choose movies that Eric has lots of exposition and depth to speak got, about. On. <laughs> I got notes. <laughs> Get into your notes, Get man. Notes. I'm sorry. Go. So uh, the, the the scene, I mean, I was I was pretty numbed out for the first half of the movie. Like I was watching uh, Gilbert go through his his life, um, and they 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 like chose like even even camera angles to show like uh, Arnie's absolute dependence on on Gilbert and how Gilbert kept taking on the weight of the family uh despite maybe not particularly wanting to and even even his like ad- sexual adventures with the married Mary Steenbergen right like even that came across as something he was doing because he felt he had to right like yeah. he was yeah, he never looked too interested her, but like, sure. he wasn't into it yeah like okay fine uh, I don't know okay. what y'all think of this, but I bet it's because Ted Danson was right off set doing this shit the whole this was, time. <laughs> this is pre-Ted Danson. Uh, really? That was an abusive relationship? No, no, no. Oh, no, no. Just <laughs> she's married to Ted Danson. And so I, I just this was oh, this was not too long after she was in parenthood. I don't I don't remember. I was gonna say. Yeah, as a well, there's but if this is around jumping jack flash and flash, then isn't this when Ted Danson was with Whoopi Goldberg? Yeah, yeah, they weren't together yet. Okay, anyways, continue, Eric. Well, there's a there's a subplot with uh, Mary Steenbergen's husband, who is an insurance salesman, who's like vaguely threatening. He was in Roadhouse. Oh, he was in Roadhouse. (laughs) That's he was he was the Roadhouse owner who brought in Patrick Swayze. It, it's a little ambiguous, like you don't know where it's going, but the tension is certainly ramping up because he doesn't know what that man's going to do when he finds out he's been fucking his wife. Uh, um, but that like that little subplot comes to a resolution at the at the end of the movie where he is telling his kids, hey, what do you mean you want a pool? I got you a pool right here. See, it's it's got water in it and it's it's a kiddie pool. Right. Like he is he's telling them, you need to feel good about this thing that I gave you. I'm going to guilt you into feeling good about it. Now call it good because I'm calling it good. And the kids, of course, can see right through this bullshit. That's not what they want. And, and they, the same with the cookie. I was so confused by that interaction. Like, the cookies I did were not understand that. that. 
and the, the cookies were burned, right? And he was like, these are good cookies. Eat these good cookies. If you I thought that was him that... trying to appease the wife so that because she would have no. felt bad about burning the cookies. No. He he was presenting, I think, the whole the whole motif that the uh the the grape family is stuck in this codependent relationship and they are being forced to call it good, but it is not satisfying for any of them. Okay, so the two families. That's a deeper cut than I saw, but I just thought, right. I thought he was just being a cheap and certain salesman. Like, oh, he was we, weird. We're going to eat these cookies. And because, so what? They're slightly burnt. We're going to be happy about it. But that's a way bigger cut right there. Like, look, other people have it way worse. We have. Well, okay. So I understand the, the pool thing now, but that doesn't make sense with the cookies. Why would you. The cookies, the cookies are like. Pool, but he was the, the one the eating scene. the cookies. He was the one trying to convince his wife that the cookie, even though it was burnt, was still good. So who is he like? And he is. He's not no, doing he that for himself something. like he is with the pool. He is taking something obviously bad and telling the people in his care that it is good. Isn't that the insurance corporation? Yeah. yeah. I big mean, insurance. Fits, like, right, right. You're that healthy, fits. even though big you insurance. can't. For very literal uh, appropriate <laughs> that he was an insurance salesman. Well, so um, Eric, when did like Adam said it right off the bat? Like this reminds me of the relationship with my brother. Did when did did that yes. come to you? When did that come to you? So, I mean, uh, of course, like that that was obvious uh, from the get go. I think I'm a bit of a caretaker myself too. And I thought that's what you meant when you said you were numb for like the first half of the movie. Yes. Yes. It was uh, like reminding you of. But I, I went into open sobbing when they have their fight. Right. Uh, Gilbert is frustrated and he knows that Arnie needs to get a bath. And so he tries to throw him in the tub and he can't, and they fight and he punches him so hard. And I just, like that was releasing all of the like anger and frustration that he has in trying to care for this guy that doesn't know what's going on. And like the water tower is kind of emblematic of that because they're putting all of this care into Arnie and he is ready to destroy himself for no good reason. Like they, uh, they expect him to, to go at any moment. And, um, I mean, we <laughs> nobody expected Nate to make it to 40. Uh, now he's 42. It's I I really can't put it into words because like watching this and I was just like misty most of this, like after that scene. But it was like the scene right after the fight where he runs to Juliet Lewis's camp and Juliet Lewis is just this sweet caretaker of someone she's aware of that needs yeah. help and it's like she is completely unaware of everything that goes into the minutia and hourly <clears throat> monitoring of the of people with minute to minute needs. frustrations yeah doesn't she kind it's of like, strike you though as one of those people that you mentioned that that maybe choose to do this because mm -hmm. Who who else would allow Gilbert and Andre Arnie Arnie to just jump in their camper and car with them and their aunt or grandma or whatever and go along with their yeah. adventure? I and feel like 
if anyone was like Juliet Lewis's character is one of those truly just you know yeah, good I, souls that was willing I, to see him for what he was the beautiful person he is despite the effort that it takes to you know yes yeah I saw image. her as kind of the precursor to the manic pixie dream girl oh yeah like 100%. in in later in you know later 2000s 2010s movies you have this manic pixie dream girl who comes in to like lift the protagonist who's a male out of his doldrums and show him a better life but she is like the og right like uh, i need an example i'm not getting this reference this manic uh, pixie any, dream girl any mystic woman Kate, in the Kate 90s Winslet, films. In Eternal sunshine like, with spotless mind pixie um, haircut comes to mind any girl any that. woman with a, a short hair <laughs> spiky haircut goldie hans daughter in uh the band movie oh okay almost famous that may okay that's a good example i see that i, I get that character just okay living okay. a carefree life just willing to take on whatever comes their way i gotcha and and this is exactly and so them like Hippie chicks. Hippie yeah. chicks. Hippies, gypsies, <laughs> but are not gypsies, but I can't say that. Gypsies. <laughs> she's she's less of a character and more uh someone for Gilbert to interact with who shows him that there's something on the other side of his obligations to his family. She's a symbol. Yeah. Yeah. But that that scene, uh, when uh Gilbert eventually figures out where Arnie is. And he goes out to the camp and he sees that Gilbert or that Arnie is being cared for. And he, he's he's going to say something, right? He's going to step back into his old role. But then the sisters come and they pick up Arnie. And what struck me like in that scene was that is that is the first time Gilbert has watched anyone else take care of a situation of his brother uh, and that's that's where it turns. That's when he starts making his own decisions. Well, <clears throat> I think he that's the first time he sees someone else take care of his brother the way he does. Yeah. Because like well, the mom is obviously there to coddle yes, him and, right, and yeah. like, like the mom's not going to do it. No. But even uh, the, the sister's got him out of jail. Know, the sister's the, 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 sister, the mom does get him out of jail. The sister by leaving the house for the first time. <laughs> yeah. Keeps but, him off of the water tower, but that was none too of them rough are for giving, Johnny. None of them are giving Arnie the kind of care that he actually needs. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's and he point. sees that Gilbert's reflected in Juliet Lewis. Yeah. yeah, and that's yeah. I think that's the big part too for me was like that's when I so I wrote that down like when did I start crying in this movie? Yeah. Was that scene because it's not necessarily this the release of the frustration that Johnny Depp had, like, yes, I've totally wanted to be angry with Nathan so many times and do just mm -hmm. shitty things, but you can't because they can't do anything about it. And for him just to be, take a moment, reprieve, cool, cool the mind and see someone just be genuine, joyful and happy with someone like that is just, it's such a breath of relief and just to like have that weight contrast. off your shoulders. Like someone else is there. Someone else is taking care of them. And so you guys can truly appreciate it when 100%. someone comes along and met your brother and yes. was just, they, they understood it's meshed. Remarkable. Well, gotcha. and 
And I think a big part of this movie that also struck me was um, when they actually arrested Arnie for climbing the water tower. Like today's standards, Arnie would have been shot probably because (laughs) uh, how many stories are there of police interactions with mentally challenged people that just can't communicate properly and no. <laughs> i'm going i'm going to go a little bit deeper on top of this because uh, in in my hometown there's a police officer that is uh taking on a more social role of that where he has stepped in in situations where people with mental disabilities challenges communication abilities uh even emotional uh challenges to communicate effectively he has stepped in as one of those uh, mediators to de-escalate a situation. And he's become kind of a, a point person in law enforcement to be that person to train, understand, and uh, teach how you approach those situations. And it's he's become such a force in that community where he can actually influence it, where he's on a, in a role primarily because he was friends with me and growing up with Nathan to understand people. You just can't talk to them. You can't say no. Yeah. You can't say stop. You can't say these things. You can't overreact and yell freeze motherfucker. Yeah. (laughs) Surprise motherfucker. Like tenfold. Well, so it sounds like the community made a wise decision in you know spending some of their local budget on you know no police officer officer that is there to you know handle the unique situation that your town has. This guy is independent. Like he joined the force of his own fruition. Is like, look, I know what I'm doing. Did he go to the police academy? <laughs> I can't do the wonderful noises that. Uh but no, I he's just a a good soul and that I know it's unfortunate to say but he's a fantastic case that needs to be yeah. pushed up more. Like there are They need like, to franchise your friend. Be, yeah, they need to they need mm-hmm. to foster that. Like that's how you back the boy. They need to make him a burger barn. Seriously. <laughs> That shit is deliver cutting edge. Truck. They use canola oil and they fucking deliver the whole place on a truck. I didn't believe it when he said that. And when that fucker that, rolled in the end of the movie, that might have been the only time in the whole movie I snickered a little bit when I saw that fucking burger barn on the semi trailer. Well, it's, it's so it's during the funeral for Mary Steenburgen's husband, and Arnie's there, and Arnie starts freaking out in the middle of a funeral because the burger barn is coming, and the. Like the saving grace of that moment was they cut to John C. Riley and he has a smile on his face and he's like, All right. All right. Burger Barnes coming and Arnie loves it. <laughs> and I keep I keep I thought he was just happy because that was after he got the job there. Yeah, he was he was in because he told what's his face that he's it. I got it. Oh, I I took and it then as he like, sees the burger like the burger barn coming through. I took it as because everyone's reaction is it's clearly inappropriate for Arnie to be acting this ah. way at a funeral. But John C. Riley's smile sort of saved it he from being like, Oh, it's so yeah. cringy because John C. Riley was like happy that Arnie was happy about the fact that he was gonna no, be an ambassador I, of Burger Barn. I, I read that differently amazing. For a funeral to be interrupted by the delivery of a fast food franchise. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty epic. Um, since 
since Shit. you're talking and they a moment use the same crane that they picked the burger barn off of the trailer and put it in place oh no they just slid that off to the get bat. the mom out of the house <laughs> they could have well, sounds so, like they but she doesn't die until like the next act so <laughs> since you're talking a moment of levity i really there were small bits of humor small bits of humor in this but one of them was the fact that johnny depp worked for the small mom and pop grocery store and Arnie ruins his birthday cake and Johnny Depp has to go buy one. And he walks out of food town and the boss of the mom and pop, the yes. owner of the mom and pop grocery store is there. And he looks at Johnny Depp buying this cake and he just gives him a look at Johnny Depp. You could just see it. It was like, oh, crap. I'm so sorry. Now, I have a point on this, too. Like, why was he in the parking lot? Because he was like, about to go in. <laughs> no, because he was just sort of looking at it to see what everybody liked. Because that was alluded oh. to earlier when he was like, well, is everyone going to the food town? Because he, he, he wasn't looking at Johnny Depp at, right away. He was looking up at the food town and what's going on here. He was just in his car. Just happened to be the worst possible time to go yeah. buy a cake from food town. You know, though. I think I just look at things differently than a lot of people because I saw that and I get the the embarrassment. That's because you're an iconoclast, Chris. Iconoclast. <laughs> he, I get the embarrassment of that moment, but my first thought was, does the fucking local mom and pop place have a cake that he could have picked up then and there in that moment? No. No. So it's, it's and he saw what the motherfucker was carrying. Like, he didn't come out with six bags of groceries. Right. He came out with a cake in a box. It made for it's a nice embarrassing, film. sure, but you know what, mom and pop, get your own goddamn cake in a box that I could buy. So, like, this this wasn't that embarrassing, I guess. I don't think it no, makes but sense. It was a moment of levity, right? Like the uh, social awkward. Uh, I have no idea what you and what Adam and Eric deal with um with their brother, but I will say that when we all live near each other, um, your brother your mother, your father all came down to North Carolina and we went to a comedy show. Really? And I sat, That's great. I sat two, I think two people away from your brother and he was laughing and enjoying himself. Yeah. I'm and sure. that was like a good, I don't know. For me, that was a good moment. Just being That's like, great. Oh, here's, <laughs> here's somebody who thinks differently than me, but is sitting there and, and laughter brought us all together. And it was a really nice That's moment. Fun. So and the fact that I your parents good... were at the comedy show, too, because it was a bit crass, the comedy show. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was great. <laughs> but on the same same aspect. So a funny story. Um, I go camping with a group of friends. One of my friends is also named uh, Nathan. And but I always go by Nate and because it's, it's one syllable and I don't want to type more letters. So we're at uh like the Saturday and mom and dad and my brother, Nathan come out to the campsite and we're all like palling around chat, chit chatting. But Nathan has this tendency to latch on to any other female that is in the populace. So he he comes up, yeah, he is a little, what? he's a bit of a creeper. <laughs> he's kind of a creeper. And <laughs> So he goes up to uh, one of my friend's girlfriends and he just starts <clears throat> rubbing her shoulders, going straight down to her tits. And I'm like, and I was like, Nate, knock it the fuck off. And I'm like, you need to stop that right yeah. now. And I'm just like, you're just another person being inappropriate. And I treat him as such. 
and like mom and dad are like, huh, yeah, he does that. It's like, no, that's not cool, mom. You need to fucking check this. But I text Laura about this later <laughs> about who she believes is my other friend, Nate. And <laughs> he was like, Nate was being a fucking <laughs> creeper to your friend's new girlfriend. It's like, you let me talk to this guy and like hang out with him so much. And so it was like this really like, uh, it was a, a comedy of errors, but Nate is, uh, he'll definitely feel you up. But Nate, was so that like a natural hormonal instinctual thing that he just, the, yeah, the he's not being a creeper, right? He just, these are feelings he has, and maybe he watches TV yeah. shows, mm-hmm. movies, and this is what he thinks yep. to do, Absolutely. and that yeah, somebody exactly. would like the oversexualization of our culture. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I mean, don't get me wrong; your, your whole your whole family could get sued if he does that to the wrong person. Regardless, exactly. Oh yeah, we you might win in court, but yeah, it's still going to be an yeah, ugly battle. That's terrible. Yeah, yeah. it's All probably right, better so. to just fucking zip tie his hands together than. <laughs> I'm on a leash. That's unethical. (laughs) (laughs) Just wear a hat that says like DEA or something and (laughs) do not uh, engage. No, and they'll just assume he's, anyways. Move along. What are you saying, Eric? So, well, no, like, uh, all right. So we have Gilbert and his family, and they live in this house. And I think the house is like a symbol of their father's legacy. towards the end of the movie they talk about how his father couldn't express himself he he didn't show emotion he didn't really do any more than he absolutely had to he showed up at the right place in the right time and did what he thought he was supposed to be doing he was calling it good maybe he didn't really want any of it because he he killed himself and so they are stuck now with this legacy. He set up this family that is now in a dysfunctional and codependent relationship. And now he's gone. In the trap he built for them. So they have to burn that house down symbolically to escape the legacy that he set up. I thought burning the house down was the best thing they could have done. That's how they made a choice for themselves. That's how they offered one final act of care for their mom. And that's how they escaped their father's destructive legacy. It's perfect. But all of this fits within the town too, that the town needs to kind of be protected from Arnie or Arnie needs to be protected from the town, right? The police do what police do and they needed to confront the police to get Arnie back into their care. Well, all right. And they're well, we're kind of on that. Go ahead. They're they're always worried about what everyone in town is going to think, right? And I think that's that's the the root maybe the real root of this movie. It's an indictment of western culture because if everyone in the town was as invested in caring for Arnie as his family was, they wouldn't need additional protection they wouldn't have to be afraid of what people are going to laugh and point and say about them and that's my primary frustration with my brother is that adam adam you said it right at the outset there's no help there's no help and i empathize completely with ellen the youngest or the second youngest in this movie because i always felt like that like 
I hated being looked at when we go to the mall with Nate and I hated being singled out when Nate had an outburst and I, it just sucks because it was a, a part of life that didn't need to exist if things were normal. And unfortunately we were not dealt that in those cars. So normal for us was what we had, but there's so many like positive things that come out of it. it was like, that's great. Everyone has grown from it, but you don't, you just don't have the scars or the experiences that we yeah. experienced. And I, you just can't push that into someone's face. Like, that's great. That's, I'm glad you want to do these things, but let me tell you about these other times that you just want to sink into a hole and not exist. Well, I, th- I think anybody listening right now, Adam, though, hears you say like, oh, when I was young, I hated going to the mall with my brother because people would look at us. But then how do you feel now? It's it's, it's hit or miss still. It's It's still there. It's still there. And oh, yeah, I'm sure so that's just a maturity like just thing for ingrained. me. Or... No, but I mean, I think you're entitled to your feelings. Absolutely. You probably have PTSD. Yes. Yeah. And I, mean, I, and I mean that quite literally is <laughs> like you have a a lifetime of childhood anxiety and fear that you had no other way to vent. This was your normal and your normal was it was a was this this heightened emotional anxiety that just that was higher than everybody else's baseline and that builds up and you have to cope and focus with that and if you can't deal with it and you can as a child you don't have the emotional no. maturity either of you i mean you guys probably have whatever issues you guys currently have our, our relationship <laughs> our relationship with our brother is also seated in our general family relate dynamic which yeah not, yeah was also not very mentally healthy. And so every time you see him or around him or your parents speaking to them, hell, even talking about them, I'm sure that can. Yeah. You feel your childhood is back. Yeah. <laughs> well, especially because they have that weird ass cabin in the middle of nowhere where we drink the Kool Aid. <laughs> <laughs> this might as well just be called the, the Weiss this Brothers the- podcast because your dad has been on the podcast. We just talked heavily about your brother. You're both on it. We got to get your mom on here. Movies my mom would like. I don't know about you guys, but difficult. you get a lot of garbage. My mom <laughs> tends to like CBS movies. <laughs> it's like, oh, mom, no. Oh, God. TV movies. Well, That's what I was trying to think of. Another levity point is who the fuck makes cookies with a whisk? Which people that don't use the whisk, you know, use the whisk. Yeah, she was using a kitchen egg mixer, and there was a whisk attachment, and had all the cookie dough in it. And I'm like, no, that's not how you make cookies. I use a wooden spoon. That's right, wooden spoon or the paddle. That's interesting. I got the wooden spoon to the ass when I was little. (laughs) That sounds like something that a bunch of people in this household would have figured out because there would have been an easier way to do it if they had the actual right mixing things. Mm. But it was a lot of shit like that that kind of bothered me until, Eric, you talked about the town not doing enough for the family in in raising Arnie. Because my first thought was like, wait a minute, this motherfucker is 17 years old, about to turn 18. Per this cop, every handful of days he's trying to climb up this water tower so you mean to tell me that this town has spent 17 years? Well, let's just yeah. say more than five years or whatever, trying to 
keep this kid off this water tower and they never built a cage around the right. ladder. <laughs> yeah. They just expected like, him to. Come now down. you're arresting him after doing this for how long and for how many, like it just seemed kind of. Well, even hmm. when they arrested him though, when they put him in the car, they knocked his head because yeah. he was like, ow. Yeah. But it did give, because he had those moments where he kept talking about the, he's like, turn on the lights, turn on the lights. He really liked the lights of the police car. So he was just oblivious to getting arrested. He was excited. He didn't know what was going on. Well, yeah. And that was also kind of weird. It's like, okay, so you're so pissed at this kid, you're going to arrest him, but he's not in handcuffs. He's not in a seatbelt. I didn't read it as they were pissed at the kid. They were pissed at Johnny Depp. No, why arrest him? Could you please just keep him away from this? Why are you arresting him, though? Like, Like, if they're going this far and they're the just same reason that johnny depp he's, he's, slapped him they were fed up they got to their breaking point and they were like no we're gonna arrest him this time mm, it's interesting that might be the smartest thing i've ever said on this podcast it was good <laughs> it was good it just seemed but weird the town the town kind of keeps calling itself good even when it's not nobody <laughs> steps in to help yeah I, and I do have to say, I didn't really feel the animosity from the town that the family seemed to feel. They right. it was like, just that there one were scene. A couple of kids that would right. laugh at the fat mom, right. but I feel like this family really had this I... complex about the mom's weight and everything. And yeah, there was a crowd of people wherever she went, seeing her go. But this is a woman that's been in this small town for years and years and years, and hasn't been seen in public for like seven years. So. I get why there would be a bit of a crowd or people that want to see her, but I, well, I think it's like a baby on a plane. When a baby comes on a plane and starts crying, most people feel empathetic to the mother or the father. And they're like, Oh gosh, I feel bad for those people. I wish the baby would be quiet, but again, I feel bad. I'm not going to say anything, but it's the asshole, the the couple of people on the plane who are like, just keep your baby quiet. And like, it's a baby. But there was nobody like that except for like just the kids and kids are going to be shitty because they're kids, yeah. especially small town yeah. Iowa kids no, in the early nineties. This is, 90s. This is, this is, a, this didn't is give a very a important what they point. Did. It's not that the town was actively doing something malicious, right? They weren't doing anything wrong, but they sure weren't doing anything right either. Fair enough. Right? Yeah, they yeah. were doing they what comes contributing to, but that wasn't yeah. helpful. Yeah. I mean, no, yeah, honestly, it's like, Nate goes to somewhere downtown, sees a woman that she know he knows. He'd go up and hug, and then be immediately creepy. And then that person would be saying, "Oh no, no, don't, don't do that," in a playful way. But it's like, no, don't do that. Not reinforcing that that thing is like this is not a normal thing that you should be doing to people in public. So it's only like, uh, not rewarded, but. It's not dissuaded. Like, this is not a normal thing you should be doing to people. You can hug, but you can't be that extra level of creepy. People need to also remember to set good boundaries. Yeah. Even with people with intellectual disabilities. Yeah. It's like... Because that helps them. That would help Nate quite a lot. Well, this is a really good point to bring up because the town's not doing enough to help them out. But that is certainly an issue because it's, you know, I'm perfectly... You know, I'm sure I would be the exact same way. It's hard to know what boundaries you can place on. And I this sounds strange out loud, but like it, it's hard to know what boundaries you could place on a stranger who definitely seems 
mentally handicapped in some way without wanting to in in today's world a offend someone yeah or b come across as being too rough or harsh with someone who is a stranger to you but you you don't want to be i don't know publicly antagonistic to a mentally handicapped person even if they are maybe groping like it's it's there's not a lot of education there's not a lot of experience with this like yeah, this is where Adam's analogy. anxiety comes through. Yeah, like he's yeah. anxious because I, 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 what the fuck do you do? I mean, I if know. a homeless person came up and hugged your wife and immediately started to grope her, you'd be like, "Dude, knock the fuck off!" But then, if like a Downs person or someone who's mentally challenged did the exact same, like, "Hey, hey, hey," it's like I, I don't how how do you draw that line? Because you assume that the homeless person, and I, I'm putting a lot of like assumptions into this but i know the homeless population does have a higher uh level of so yeah disabilities in that same vein but with that type you expect them to listen to the words that you say and then respond what hey knock the fuck off buddy with a homeless person maybe maybe that's a poor assumption to make because it's a it's a bad. No, and I, I'm being quite it's, literal because I, I, I think the, the vast majority of homeless people have you know a mental issue yes. of one stripe or another. Exactly. So it's like it's I, I like I know I, I think I would look at someone who is obviously mentally mentally handicapped and a homeless person coming to. I, I, I don't think the focus grasp here. any member of my family. I think I would look at the situation the exact same <laughs> and. <laughs> I would not want that person touching anyone, not without like, you know, yeah, intent. Quite, yeah, I mean, yeah. No, I guess or, it's, what's the level it's of not as, yeah, if these no, no, no. Yeah, it it's hard because like you can't tell immediately sometimes. And that's I think no, the, that's true. The yeah. Part with uh mental disabilities is you can't always tell what someone is going through or how they perceive themselves. Like unfortunately, you can tell with someone like uh arnie in this situation like there's obviously something wrong but some people just have a that's because leo's a damn fine actor (laughs) you never go full ambulance driver oh don't say it (laughs) don't say it we've had a very nice discussion don't ruin it with quotes tropic thunder (laughs) but what i'm getting at though is that some just have a very calm demeanor and just are who they are that your implication did make me think of Nick Cage and bringing out the dead. Wasn't he a an ambulance driver in that movie? Yes. I haven't seen that one yet. So I wouldn't recommend it. I'm pretty sure it was dumb. Um, he's having a revival. And he's crazy. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's, uh, he's crushing but, everything um, he does right now. A cage When you said don't be an ambulance driver, just it, that's what it made me think of. Is like, that seems like a bad thing. Like, don't be crazy. But... Seeing previous it. text messages to y'all. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. I meant to do this at the beginning of the podcast, but I think at the end, once we've gotten through all of the seriousness, uh, I don't get it. Um, I do have back text. into police academy now that Eric's here. Got <laughs> finished police academy. No, if in case anybody was wondering, um, I just sent you guys a screenshot from the movie. Uh, that's it. Um, so I don't really have anything else to add. It was it was what it was. I'm I was not particularly moved by it. Uh it did not make me cry. 
And I, I mm. oh, your tough exterior guy. Mm. No, no, tough navy boy. <laughs> <laughs> Said no one ever. <laughs> I had two other, a few other things I want to say. Yeah, um, keep going. Yeah, uh, the part where Johnny Depp actually turns away. Betty Carver or Mary Steenberg's character to focus more on Juliet Lewis, where Betty's crazy apparently, but it depends on what you call crazy. But she kind of let just lets the cookies burn. Like, fine, I'll let the cookies burn. But it's what she says to him. It's like, well, you could have had any guy in town. Why'd you choose me? It's like, because I knew you'd always be there, and I knew you'd never leave. And it's like that kind of goes back to the the big point of this like he has a family where he's the middle child and everyone kind of depends on him to take care of Gil, uh arnie take care of mama be maybe the primary income for that whole family other than maybe do you resent other. your brother because he was not the glue that held your brother to get held your family together in the manner which you speak gilbert maybe needed no <laughs> I have zero resentments for names. Okay. Um, but yeah, I just find that, but it's because he's been forced into a position where he doesn't know anything else. So I, I thought that was kind of like a wake up call for him. I don't think Mary Steenburgen was crazy. I think she was in a loveless relationship with clearly yeah. an older man, yeah. small town. He grabbed her up. They had kids. She was unhappy. She, she was also stuck and had nowhere to go. So it, Comes Except St. Louis, after the husband died. Again, after someone dies, then she's set free. Also, oh my God, that's what this movie is telling us. We'll all be happier and get to lead better lives if we just kill somebody close to us. <laughs> or, no, no. If someone close to us dies. Also, did anyone pick up on Crispin Glover's character hitting on the 16-year-old daughter at the birthday that party? Seemed, yes, there <laughs> okay. seemed to be that quick little, like, hey... <laughs> You're looking you're, pretty good you're today. coming into age. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> well, I will say his least Crispiny Gloverness ever, though. He was <laughs> somewhat of a, a hearse driver. It was an undertaker. <laughs> and reenacted the scene where uh, Mr. Carver With dies in, in an ashtray. That was great. Yeah. I was like, his knees buckled and then his head just flung over. And but he's laying on his face, so that's why he drowned. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, but I mean, if he had the heart attack with which he described, I mean, he may not, he might have been dead before he drowned. Well, yeah, I mean, just a thought. And Adam, your second thought that you had? Oh, um, it's actually my wife's thought of the house listing of the grape household of like, oh, it's uh, got great lighting, open many acres of land to. Uh, <laughs> be a part of not ada accessible <laughs> and there's get original that? Like, if you're gonna burn down the house why do you move all your furniture out to move to the next place then wouldn't yeah, that be it, like illegal well because you save stuff i mean they didn't have I mean, insurance i thought that was made very clear by the insurance guy but and i that, thought that was going to be the saving still just too like oh they're going to get a payout like she dies and then the house is set on fire, but they could no, have made. He said, "You money. guys don't have insurance," so we knew they weren't getting anything. Yeah. There was there was nothing wrong with the furniture. 
Yeah. It was the house. It just seemed weird that, like, mm, felt like there would be legal issues there, regardless. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. Like, there's no you way you obviously can did it on purpose. <laughs> I mean, you're, yeah, that's that's got to be like improper disposal of a body. It is. Um, I don't think anybody cared at that abuse town. of a corpse or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, and I'm sure there's going to be some other. Although it did make me wonder because they cut to like a year later when Arnie and, and Johnny Depp get picked up. It's a year later. It's right before Arnie's birthday, a year later. Yeah. I wonder where they went for that year. I bet they lived in the barn. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I kind of wondered that too, because I literally had the thought, oh, it's probably a hotel. And then I just brushed it off, but they wouldn't have lived in a hotel for a year. So, and we know the sisters moved away, right? Or at least one of them did. Yeah. No, they both did. They both did. To Des Moines. This is the other bit where he actually goes to meet Mr. Carver for that insurance meeting. He says, do you think about anybody else other than yourself? And he's like, (laughs) and I was like, that's just the most, I think that's the most (laughs) ironic line in this entire movie is for an insurance salesman. Do you think about anyone else but yourself? I'm like, it's all I do. It's like, where do you think I'm going to have the money to insure anything outside of this? So, and for that, phone call to be oh it's not a job it's not anything of use it's let me try to sell you something how shitty that's absolutely shitty i know this is a a heavy episode and i think these next four well considering we just did four screwball comedies i think we're good Can we alternate these? It's like that. No, we're left, right, good. left, right, left, right. You, you, you really hate the fact that we did screwball comedies. No, no, no. I just, the tone of them. I mean, after edit, yeah, because I edited them all in like the same two days. So, uh, <laughs> oh, you're ready to move on? I was like, let's, because I mean, most of the let's screwball comedy things. talk, we did tangent. This one, we didn't really tangent too much. It all had to do gotcha. with the movie. So, there you go. You'll have four episodes. It'll be easy edits. Uh, real quick, I'm giving you the opportunity before we go into scores or whatever. Do you want to throw out who uh, picks the next movie? Uh, does everybody have one? <clears throat> yeah, I do. I do. So I'm not sure. Eric, because he's yeah. still thinking. Chris Chris is the one who was like, let's do the, the, the crying one, because I got one. The oh, yeah, I got game? one. <laughs> no. Like, when, when you su- suggested this, when we were talking about themes, like... One possibility that I had in mind was of mice and men, but that's an awful lot like what's eating Gilbert Grape. So <laughs> I got to pick a different one. <laughs> All right. I've Thanks. seen the movie. Can we just do I've regarding Henry and call it a day? How the <laughs> hell did that movie make you cry? Oh, mice and men? When he had to shoot uh, John Malkovich? For the same reasons, right? You have this angry mob and... I don't really remember it that well. I just don't on. remember being that sad. Well, so, Chris, you're a sociopath. You don't empathize. I mean, you could. You I mean, could that's probably Frankenstein for Hunchback. Frankenstein's monster. How you feel empathy for a creation of not his own doing? Long story short, I got to pick a different movie, so <laughs> I can't go. <laughs> um. Well, I'm. I, I'll go with Chris because he's been really. He he he's the reason we did it because I I was going to go a different way and then he's like, no, do the crying one. So. All right, yeah, I do have a really good one that's going to make all of you cry. Uh, <clears throat> but since I already have mine, that was to kind of just for Brian to get the idea out there if anybody wanted to think about it for a moment. So we can do scores for what's well, eating Gilbert Grape. Uh, Adam, how many grapes out of 10 <laughs> did Gilbert eat? This is an eight. I think this is a great movie. It's 
it's Woo. not yeah this is a, a people should watch this movie because i also think no one gets exposed to this or they choose to avoid it actively and i understand why you you're totally right to do so but you need to see what everyone else has to go through and deal with and this may be an extreme case but i think it's an point it's an important portion of society to understand that shit doesn't go always your way well i hope they make a sequel with a 48 year old dicaprio and the 60 year old johnny depp with his cane you know uh, dicaprio is dating people uh his age in this movie t- today but <laughs> i'm <laughs> 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 Yeah, but I have a feeling he just spends all of his time on his yachts with his friends. Squinting and, and pointing he, at things. He like, just he just likes to be seen in public with these young women and bang them when they let him. Well, I can't yeah, imagine sure. they talk about a lot. No. Well, what, yeah. Brian, how many grapes did Gilbert eat for you? I will ditto Adam's eight. Oh, 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 oh Gilbert because... is going to be full of grapes today it's because i've watched this now like four times end to end so it, it's rewatchable. it made me cry I, I i unlike you i'm not bored during it i i find it interesting so i was engaged yeah I, yeah uh, an eight i was kind of looking forward to making the joke that this was all a nostalgic thing for all of you because for some reason i thought that you'd all seen this before but no, that that was definitely Police Academy for me. I was very nostalgic. <laughs> After editing that conversation twice, I was mind. like, yeah, yeah, this is pretty nostalgic. I expected you all to love this movie and to give it good score and, and to have seen it before. And so that's what I was just kind of anticipating. Derek, what is Eric. your score? <laughs> I, you know, I... I I type this on my notes. I'm giving it an eight as well. The the dialogue could have used a little bit of a punch up, Uh, but I thought it was a very sensitive portrayal of a difficult situation that resonated very strongly with me. Oh boy. Chris doesn't want to say his score. I'm going to fucking come across as a sociopath. (laughs) So this movie is a, just a hard solid four. <laughs> I was bored. I was not impressed with their portrayal of like people's interactions with one another. And honestly, you got to bump it up for the cast. There are a lot of good I, people in this. I maybe I somehow took for granted the Leo and Johnny Depp relationship because they just seemed to gel. And the fact that Leo was handicapped, it never really, it was, it seemed more of a plot device. It seemed more of a, well, it how was. are we going to, how can we, Every, how can we get an yeah, Oscar yeah. and really make Johnny Depp's life in our movie? But my point I mean, is, I never was felt supporting like, actor, right? Like that yes. was, he wasn't but, the main character. I never felt like people had to work themselves around Arnie. I always felt like the mom was the central antagonist Mm -hmm. here. And Arnie was just another one of the siblings to me. It didn't really like, I certainly didn't have the empathy that you two had growing up with someone like that in your family. But for me, it was also, it wasn't uncomfortable in any way. It was just kind of like Johnny's luggage throughout the film. 
just Final one of question. Us. Yeah. What was eating Gilbert Grape? Lack of uh, tapeworms. Personal attention. Uh, I don't know. Like he he never had or he never spent the time for himself. He never had the time for himself. Maybe he didn't even realize that he he needed to spend time or to think about himself once in a while. You guys have seen Maslow's everything was eating him, but nothing at the same time because he didn't no, realize everything. It. Yeah, he didn't. You guys have seen Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Like the basic needs are. Yeah, yeah, of course. And <laughs> Who has uh, yes, of course <laughs> we're all cultured individuals here on this podcast. But OK, so there's there's kind of this trope. I mean, you can look at it a bunch of different ways, but fundamentally people need like the physical needs met, right? So the base of Maslow's hierarchy is things like food and shelter and water. And then the, like the next level up are a, a, you know, a community to interact with and education. And at the very tippy top is self-actualization, the ability to make decisions that have meaning for your own life. And that's, that's what Gilbert was missing. And for That's the record, for the record, Leo was nominated for supporting actor at the Oscars. I was going to ask that. Um, I thought he was nominated, but I didn't know if he um had won. No. Who did he lose he to? He didn't win till a bear ate him. Oh, uh, it was, was Tommy Lee Jones in The Fugitive. Nice. Okay. Okay. Which I also I enjoyed this because in The Fugitive, Tommy Lee Jones was playing Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio was playing Arnie Grape. <laughs> I also enjoy that in 1993, Benny and June was also released, <laughs> where Johnny Depp plays a character <laughs> that has also mental issues that falls in love with a woman with mental mm -hmm. issues. So, is that what Benny and June is about? Yes, and I've heard it of it, weird. but I, I didn't know what it was. It was so funny because, like, I really. I love the Proclaimers when that single came out. Oh, that was like my yeah. first CD that <laughs> mom and dad are like, uh, it was on VH1. And I was like, oh, what's Benny and June off this soundtrack? I want to watch this movie. And mom and dad are like, I don't know if you're mature enough to watch this. And it was like 93. So I was 10. And I wanted to watch Benny and June. <laughs> so I watched it and I was like, hmm. This is not anything like the music video that I. You're in luck, Adam, because Chris's pick, Benny and June, 1993. <laughs> oh, <fuck> me. <laughs> no, I don't have a. I don't have a. I I can't think of a movie out there that that I think would make me cry. You watched Guardians of the Galaxy three, right? Yeah. That was I did, and uh, he didn't cry. Remember, he didn't care about the CGI animals. He's <clears throat> like, no, oh, yeah, they're not real. I need to see real animals tortured to feel bad. I need to watch Faces of Death to get a teardrop. <laughs> Man's not going to give us his movie. No, nope, he's going to go poop. Nope, someone's pooping. And he's talking to him, just taking a <laughs> mouthful of that air. Oh, yeah. God. So not work. So we're doing this portion of the job where it's all like punch list and it's really fucking hot. And so people are walking around the building all day, writing things up someone took a dump in the bathroom and it was like yeah dump smell bad but you can smell like that rank ball sweat smell 
and it was like that just permeated the room yeah. I'm like oh god i appreciate oh, that god. after this nice discussion we just had this is what's going to cap it off yes god damn it Adam. god damn it god damn it <laughs> I hate to do this. I have a mouse in my closet that my wife has been trying to catch. Um, well, dude, I we're done. Realize. We're just waiting for you to we're name done. the movie. Um, yeah, we are going to watch Life as a House. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs>